Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Positive Pessimist Podcast. It's Wrestling Wednesday. My guest today is Joe Johnston. Joe Johnston is the associate head coach at the Air Force Academy. He's a two-time state champ from Kansas. I believe it was two times. And he was also a two-time All-American from the University of Iowa. Total stud. I can't wait to talk to him. And let's bring him in. So how are you doing today? Are you excited about your team there at the Air Force Academy? Oh, super excited. We're about to have our inter-squad uh, matchups this uh this Saturday, and then uh, we go out to the Citadel for our first competition. So that's that we got on the immediate horizon. So it should awesome. be great. I just had uh, I just had Travis Fippen on my podcast, who is Cody's dad. Your uh, sure, sure. Dad. How does he look up at 142? Oh man, he's looking beefy. He's uh, he's done the work for sure. You know, he was already um, a big 25 pounder. And uh, he's he's really uh, transformed himself. He's a full size forty one. I don't think he's gonna have any trouble, and uh, I think he's gonna do some great things for us this year. Yeah, it's cool to see him that big because when he was younger, like his freshman year of high school, he was one of those guys that weighed like I don't know, not even ninety pounds probably to make one hundred three. He was always kind of a little guy. And when I saw him in a picture that Travis had posted, I was like, man, can he even make forty <laughs> two? No, he's he's not having any trouble. I would say he's been walking around most of the summer uh, in the in the mid to high 50s. Yeah. So he's looking big. Cool. Um, so I was looking at the uh, I, I guess it's the RTC there at the uh, Olympic. Sure. Um, so you get to be around some of the best coaching minds in the country. With Zach. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. How, how is that? Are you just able to soak in all that? Yeah. So, um, you know, a lot of times when they're having camps or things like that out here, we get a, we get a first eye, you know, first, first person view of that. And, um, just get to be around a lot of those great people, uh, a lot of the year. And, um, so especially with COVID, we've had a lot of those guys in our room just because we've been able to, to keep it open for them. And, and when they can't get in, uh, some of their athletes, we can, we can host them. So we've had a great, great relationship with the Olympic training center. And, uh, I think that's just going to continue and, and it's going to keep making us better. So, awesome speaking of uh coaching what do you remember about kevin clem oh gosh lots of things you know um kevin kevin uh was instrumental in my wrestling career right i mean i had kevin uh for all the time from from when i started in, in third grade i i had him all the way up through the end of high school as my my club coach and just a universally respected guy uh in kansas and and beyond because you know he went on to coach at stanford but um, you know, Kevin, I'd say is where I really learned to be a student of the sport. You know, it wasn't always just about uh, working hard. I think that was a little bit more just my, my mentality and my, uh, how I'm bent a little bit, uh, the, the work, the work ethic, but I learned from Kevin, you know, I saw him get, get better as a coach. And that's kind of a weird thing to look back and say, but like he was always going to the highest level events picking the highest level brain brains and sports, uh, you know, and he was just, he was just always trying to get better and, um, you can see it, you know, you can see it. And so it's uh, something I've kind of taken from, from him and in, in, in my, even I, as my approach as an athlete, I've always just trying to be a student of the sport and get better in every area and, um, learn why stuff works and not just like, you know, like your, your areas, but, but everything. Right. And I think, um, that's continued on working with, with Brian Smith, you know, like he's, he's such a student of the sport, right? I mean, he's, he's phenomenal coach. And, and even the coach that I work for now, Sam Barber, he's, you know, same, right? But I think that's where I learned that is from Kevin, to be a student of the sport, to always be trying to get better uh, technically in every, everything you do and understand and understand wrestling instead of just 
taking stuff for granted, I guess, taking positions for granted. Yeah, he mentioned that you were always a good kid. You know, but the, he said that you would usually get like second or third in tournaments, and then yeah, can can you remember where like because you won two high school state championships, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay, um, two two uh, two times and undefeated, and I only lost um, the one time my sophomore year um, in the finals, and so um, you know it was definitely like a process thing, and uh, I think. I, it's weird. It's like I, I look at it back at it now like blessing because it's like I learned the process of what does it look like to jump levels and get better. Yeah. And I think I was able to do that in college and then and then even internationally. Obviously, it's the, the higher level you get, the harder it is to do that. But I was so just invested in, in process instead of results because I knew that for me, that's what it was going to look like to get to where I wanted to be. It wasn't going to be like I was just there. Yeah. So like, I think, um, for me, like I, I wasn't very good when I started. (laughs) And so like, I, you know, like, but I think it kind of just became a part of who I was that I was a wrestler. And I think that, uh, I think that not being good and wanting to be good so bad, I was just willing to do, to do the work. And I was willing to be intentional about getting better and not just, um, expect it to happen. Uh, but like it was going to happen because of what I did, not because of that I was just talented or, or, or you know anything else. So I think that served me super well um, through the later part of my career. So were you one of those people that that won kids state and all that stuff, or did you not never, win? Never won kids state. Okay, never, I didn't win a kids tournament until I was like fourteen, like the year before okay. high school. I did. I didn't. I just was never very talented and I, and I probably still kind of think that I wasn't the most talented, but I probably was pretty talented. I just, you know, that was my, my kind of mentality is, Hey, you're not maybe as naturally talented as some other people. You better, you better do more. You better do the the right things. You better be better in these positions. You know, you better figure this out. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I never won kids state. Um, even like my, uh, that last year when I was like, I thought I was going to, there was a kid who was like the fit into like he was still fourteen, and so like he came back and wrestled fourteen and under. Yeah, uh, uh, Tyson Biddle. I still remember the match. Like it was like it's crazy. He was like just came off like think of winning like a high school state championship as a freshman, came back and beat me in the kids state tournament as a when I was an eighth grade. Yeah. So like I yeah, I never I never won one. It was it was devastating to me. And I think you know the best wrestlers they say you know they they're more. Uh, motivated by their losses than they are their successes, right? And that was for sure the case with me. Is like, I I wasn't bitter about it, but I was definitely motivated by it. Yeah, man, those freaking biddles. I don't know how many there are, but there have got to be like twenty of them, and they're all good. And they're all hammers, right? <laughs> they're all. There's so many families like that. I I love I love being from Kansas just because it is such a cultural thing, and um. You know, it gets a bad rap, and I think that's partly because it doesn't have its own Division One program where, where we're seeing guys continue to come out and get those opportunities. Um, but I think Kansas has always had strong wrestling, and, and I think uh, a, lot of, a lot of those best guys and those, those families of wrestlers like that, they get overlooked sometimes, you know. Yeah. Um, so I think it's kind of sad. <laughs> yeah. What, what do you remember about winning your first title? Oh man! Well, I remember it was like the weirdest, weirdest combination of emotions because it was like I so expected it to happen. I like I, um, I knew that it was going to happen, but when it happened, like something like almost like broke in my brain. Like I just I was so happy and so excited, 
And, uh, you know, it's just kind of the realization of, of your, of your goals, you know, is just a special thing when you put that much into it for so long, uh, and not had exactly the success you wanted to. Um, it was just very, very special, very special to me. And I still remember it like it was yesterday, but, um, yeah, no, I, I actually pinned the guy in the finals. Um, and, uh, he was from, I believe he was from Wichita South. Uh, and I don't remember his name anymore, but I, I remember the match and, uh, I'd had a great tournament up to that point. I think I, you know, my closest match was actually my quarterfinal match with uh, BL Chadwick. Okay. I, I majored, but I, um, but he was he was tough and he was big and strong. Oh my gosh, he was hard to do anything to. Um, but then I pinned everybody else at the, at the weight that year, and um, so I, I had a great a great meet, and it was just very it was very joyful. It was very joyful. That's what I remember. Yeah. So rewinding a little bit, your sophomore year, you were undefeated too until the finals. Yeah, I think so. Or maybe I had, I might have had one loss. I want to say I was like 36 and two or something okay. like that. Um, there was a kid named um, Milstead, another group of brothers. Yeah. They were all just super tough. And like, they were like the neighboring school. So you wrestled at West, right? Right. They were from, they were from North. North, Literally, yeah. Like I would see them like every weekend. And um, I eventually ended up being bigger than them. Um, but I wrestled, I wrestled one of them, I believe that, that sophomore year still, um, and and he beat me in the in the duel, and that was super super upsetting and motivating to me. So yeah, I was I think I was thirty six and two. Yeah. So, um, so but yeah, you know, great um, great experience. Uh, had coaches that cared about me and cared about their programs, even though that we weren't we weren't great in high school. Just always had coaches that you know poured into me and, and tried to help me get what I needed to get to achieve my goals. Yeah. So so do your senior year? Did you smash everybody? Well, I did until um, until the state tournament, and then a crazy thing happened the night of the state tournament. I was drilling with our only other state qualifier, and I think he was maybe our only other state qualifier while I was at Shawnee Machinist. It was we like we were not very good, and um, so we had this uh, bigger guy that I believe was a one eighty two pounder that qualified with me, and we were drilling, and he just did not let up on the edge of the mat when we were drilling, and, and I like I hit my shoulder on like on the concrete like i think i hit a shoe funny or something but i I separated my shoulder um and i and i found out later um that i also fractured my collarbone oh wow and uh and i didn't know that at the time they they did an x-ray but there was a ton of swelling and they said well it's not like broken broken and so i said okay i'm wrestling and i couldn't lift my arm up and so like i just i just found ways to win matches that state tournament but I, i think i won like every match by like one or two points and I just didn't, like, and everybody was like, what's wrong? And I was trying to kind of keep it a secret. And um, I, that was like, I think that was a great experience though, too, in hindsight, just because in college, like that's, that's college, right? I mean, that's college wrestling. You got to figure out how to wrestle when you're banged up. And and I was probably more banged up than I should have been out there. I should probably have been out there. But I think that was like another great experience that served me super well. You know, I sprained my knees in college. I, you know, I did, I broke a rib and international like you know like you're gonna have stuff that happens and how you handle the adversity of that is is super super important yeah you know it's funny you bring up the fact that east wasn't a a powerhouse wrestling school because when i was in high school i remember i remember watching like um i'm looking at the newspaper and seeing like you know east had this stud that was that was killing everybody i'm like east does (laughs) yeah yeah that was you know that was tough i think um we live in a culture now where like the answer would have been, okay, you're going to transfer. Right. Yeah. And I think, I think that there's, 
I mean, I think that's a mistake, right? I think, I think you can always be good where you are. And I'm, I've spoken out like that. I'm, I'm not a, a huge fan of transfers and the, you know, the transfer portal in college and, and all that stuff. I think, you know, make your decision to be good where you are and get the most out of what you're doing because ultimately, you know, there's life lessons and, and I love wrestling and I, and I want everybody to have the opportunities they want. But at the same time, I think um, a lot of it is just we're searching for greener pastures that aren't really green. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm super happy that I stayed at, at a program that wasn't great. And I got great opportunities out of that program to, you know, I got to go wrestle at Iowa. So it's kind of like, I was never going to let any of those kind of circumstances dictate my goals. You know, my, my goals are always bigger than what my circumstances were. And I think that's something that we preach to our guys here at air force is like, you know, with all this COVID stuff and, and all these crazy stuff that that's happening in, in the country, our, our goals are, are going to be constant. Yeah, You know, we're not going to like have something be different than what we want it to be based on a, a set of circumstances. So I think that, that, again, like I'm just talking about like things that I remember and like, I feel like a lot of stuff happened for a reason, you know, yeah. it, served, it served me well and um, I wouldn't change it. So, yeah, well, it obviously did pretty well for you. Did you uh, ever consider going anywhere besides Iowa or was it always going to be Iowa for you? Well, I think um, it wasn't like always going to be Iowa for me. Um Obviously, he had to he had to earn that opportunity, and it wasn't like I was just going to go there on my own accord and walk on and, or something. But um, I ended up uh, in freestyle, having a lot of success in the off season, and um, and I beat a guy that they were already recruiting, uh, who ended up being my practice partner. And I'll and I'll talk him up a little bit. His his name is Ty Eustis. You know, he was oh, he yeah. was a couple time All American, national finalist, also. And uh, so, like, I, I ended up beating him in a, in a match in the summer, and they already knew about him. He was a five-time state champ for Minnesota, and um, he was super tough. But um, so it's kind of like that's, I think, what got their attention a little bit. And I was just having a ton, like I said, I was having a ton of success in the off season, And I had been to some of their camps. And um, so, like, culturally, I knew that it was, like, right up my alley. Um, you know, I knew that I, I valued the work ethic and, the, and that mentality. And so it just seemed like a good fit all around. And uh, it just kind of became a very clear choice as I as I really started thinking about wrestling in college. So I wouldn't say like I was always like, oh, I'm going to Iowa. Yeah. But as I was getting towards making those kind of choices, it just became very clear that that was that was my best option. Right. That was the best place where I felt I had an overwhelming sense that if I couldn't win there, if I couldn't like be my best and like win win it all, I couldn't do it anywhere. You yeah. know. That was that was my sense when I was going through that process, and um, I actually looked at Air Force, and um, uh, they they told me that I had to make a decision before I even got to make any any kind of other college visits or anything like that, which I don't think was true. Um, but <laughs> that that was kind of like I had to take that off the table because I wasn't ready to do that without visiting places and stuff. So um, I, I that was definitely like on my radar though, was coming coming out here to the academy. So that's that was part you know a little bit of my. Um, reason for coming out here is it was already an attractive place for me. I already believe in the mission, the mission of what we're doing with our guys out here and uh, being a part of that. So it's a pretty easy sell for me to, it's a good fit for me to coach out here. Yeah. You know, if I, if I could redo everything, um, of course, if, if I did, my boy might not be here, so I wouldn't change anything. But, um, I, I think I would like try to walk on somewhere like Iowa and just see how good I could have gotten, you know, yeah. just by getting my butt kicked every day. Um, was that a tough transition or was it, how was your, your freshman year? Was it? Oh gosh, um, <laughs> man, like I, all, all I can say about my memories there is brutal. Right. Yeah. And like, if I didn't have, uh, the belief, like I said, in the process and if I didn't have the, uh, 
just this overwhelming desire to be great, I think it would have been really, really tough for me to be good there. Um, I think I, again, like when I came in there, like I believe there was about eight guys that came in with me and they all had better resumes than me. Like literally like every, every person was like three or four times state champ, you know, like high, high nationally ranked, you know? Um, and so it was just like, and I had to beat a few of those guys out to, to get the spot. And I actually didn't get the spot my freshman year, but like, I just had this like relentless drive to like, I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to make this happen. And I think, um, you know, you can't live in frustration. Um, and, and you have to be okay. Um, you have to be okay. Not being super results oriented. Uh, It is about winning, right? We can't get away from that in our sport where it's one man versus another man. And there's something really awesome about that. And it's it's great, but also you got to like kind of be relentless in pursuing the things that are going to help you to get that result and not the actual result. So the, again, like, the process stuff. Right. And so I think that's like where I was really strong is like, okay, what's it look like for me to like go from, I'm not the guy and how am I going to get that opportunity? So I went to a million competitions. I was trying to get the, the toughest workouts I could and push myself and, and just, you know, seeking out technical help. And just like all the things that like the actual things. So it wasn't just about, I got to work harder. That's not very good data, right? It's got to be data driven where it's like, what are the actual things that it looks like for me to get better? And I think I was pretty relentless in pursuing those things. Uh, and then the kind of the rest is just history. It just led me to some amazing results. And I never, I really never looked back once I got in the lineup, like I got in the lineup and I made the most of the opportunity. So there is like this element of like, you get those opportunities and you better perform. And I kind of knew that, right. I had a, I had a coach, uh, Lincoln McElravey, my freshman year that said something super impactful to me. And he said, you know, nobody is going to care how hard you work when it comes down, they're going to care like your results. Right. And so that was like really impactful to me. Like, um, nobody care. Nobody's going to like dig down and, and see what you've actually done. You know, that's only going to be between, between you and God. Right. I mean, yeah. like nobody knows exactly what you did to get where you are. Um, people are going to judge you on your results. And so I think that, you know, being able to put that positive pressure on myself was a really instrumental thing where I could like be like, yeah, you better, you better perform. But like, I didn't care about what other people thought. I just cared about, yeah, you better go perform because it matters. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think that, that, that helped me a ton. Um, that kind of mentality of like getting ready to put up, put your work on display and have your best, best performance. Um, and like right away when I got in the lineup, I beat like two or three nationally ranked guys and, and didn't, nobody else had a chance to take it away from me from that point. Yeah. So who was your coach there when you were at Iowa? Was it Zaleski? So when I came in, it was Jim Zaleski was the head coach and Tom Brands was the head assistant. And then Joe Williams was the uh, second assistant and Lincoln McElravey was the, um, volunteer coach. Bill Zadick was the strength and conditioning coach. So it was like pretty, pretty unbelievable staff. Um, and that was a lot that, you know, a lot of my confidence came from, from being coached by that staff right away. Um, you know, it changed as, as my career went, I think the biggest change was, you know, Tom left and went to, um, Virginia tech to be the head coach there my junior year. And then Troy, uh, Troy Steiner and, um, Tim Hartung came in and they were, they were great coaches for me too. Yeah. Um, I really uh, valued, you know, the, the things that all those guys taught me, um, you know, and, and I just, I really think. Um, there weren't too many of them that I really felt like 
didn't actually care about me being successful. Like, you know, I know they wanted to win really bad, but I also believe that they wanted me to win really bad and were willing to help me uh, pretty much across the board, get where I wanted to go. And I really appreciated that. You know, you gotta, you gotta want to, you gotta trust your coaches. You know, I think that's a big thing that I try to be really mindful of is like, I want people to take me at my word, but I also want them to like, you know, like that I know what I'm talking about, yeah. but I also want that. It's really important to me that my athletes know that I care about them and want to see them be successful and the on and off the mat. Right. I mean, I think, um, I, I don't, I'm not trying to like put on some kind of an act. I really, I really do care about my guys. And yeah. I really, I, like I said, I value the mission here. And so like, I really want to help them become the best officers they can be when they're leaving here. Right. And I think wrestling is a big part of that. Um, so yeah, I want to win. I want to win, but I also understand that maybe that's not the most important thing here. Right. The yeah. most important thing is that we're putting out great, great leaders that are going to uh, represent our country and our, in our, you know, in our military well. So, um, I think that those things are, are balance. Right. And I don't think that they're, they're very, very rarely in conflict with each other. Right. They almost always go hand in hand here. And uh, I think that we're just going to continue to get better and better here because of that. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, they're lucky to have you, man. I was just watching, uh, before we got on here, I was watching your match with Luke Becker. Your, was it your freshman year when you pinned him? He was yeah he was a uh, he was a senior so um, he had just come off winning uh, the national title his junior year and he was a returning national champ senior and actually um, he actually gave me um, a couple of my worst losses you know I didn't get a bonus point lost like a handful of times and he he was one of them and it was earlier that year in, in at the national duels uh, in January and uh, and so I I had to like really like again, like be invested in like getting better instead of results. Right. Because it would have been really easy for me to go out there and be like, well, how can I beat this guy? But like, I, I didn't doubt that I could be, I didn't, I really honestly believe that I could beat anybody Yeah. because of the, because of the work and because of the intentionality of what I was doing. And so like, you know, I know that that's like, that was a huge upset. Right. And people didn't expect it. And it was a really fun, amazing moment. But at the same time, like, I, I believe that that was what was going to happen going into the match. Like, I was like, I, I can beat this. Like, and this is what it looks like. I have to, like, shut down his offense. I have to, you know what I mean? I have to stay aggressive in great positions. And I just executed that plan. And, and, and um, you know, he ended up trying to force a, a bad position. Um, and I caught him, right? So, like, that's, that's wrestling. And, um, so he's a, you know, he's obviously a, a phenomenal athlete and a phenomenal coach too. You know, he was a national champion. He's, uh, you know, assistant coach at Minnesota and they have a great program. Um, and I just have a ton of respect for that guy. So it's like, um, yeah, it's a, a really fun moment for me to go back and, and, and look at, um, and something that people remember. But for me, it was just, you know, just another match and just another uh, time me really trying to execute my process and get as good as I could. Yeah. You you were fired up though after you got that. Pin. I was, yeah, for sure. Like again, like like joy, right? A joy, of, like when I did something that I knew I could do, but that maybe a lot of other people didn't expect me to do, right? So yeah. I think that's you know that's just some some pure emotion when you put in the work and you get the result that you desire. Yeah, right? yeah. You know, I, I I sometimes get a little I don't know if you call it nervous, but I almost feel like I'm getting ready to wrestle before I do some of these podcasts. And right. I, I usually watch something like that, 
And so I watched that match, and it takes my nerves away because all of a sudden I become grateful, you know, like I'm getting ready to talk to freaking Joe Johnston, you know, yeah. and, and I just get really grateful about it. And uh, so I watched that match, and it, it got me kind of fired up, and I'm like, I'm going to talk to that guy. Um, so, yeah. Um, what the heck was I going to ask you? Um, tell me about the rest of your college career uh, going forward from your freshman through sophomore years. <laughs> So again, like, you know, I talked a little bit earlier about getting injured at the state tournament and that was impactful. You know, I was, I was pretty, pretty banged up at some key, key moments in my career. Um, you know, my, uh, my freshman year, I just, you know, I, I lost some close ones to guys I probably shouldn't have at the national tournament. I was, uh, I went like two and two or three and two, um, and just, you know, wasn't, wasn't quite there. Um, I, you know, I had beat some guys that ended up placing and that was really tough. Um, my, my sophomore year, I actually, um, it was the uh, the weirdest thing. I was just hitting a hitting a shot. I hit my knee on the mat funny, and my uh, my PCL got sprained really bad at the Big Ten tournament. And I was I still you know had made it deep enough in the tournament at that point that I qualified, but I was just wrestling and I couldn't I couldn't hit any kind of offense. Um, and so it's just really hard for me as an offensive guy, you know, like a guy that was always trying to go score leg attacks and score points when I couldn't I couldn't even shoot. You know, I had a giant knee pad like at the back of my knee that I couldn't you drive over it no you know not excuses I just went out and did the best I could but uh, you know like I think I was ranked like ninth going into the tournament that year and I just and I didn't place again um and it was really tough it was really tough and so it was kind of um you know I had to really regroup and and um kind of stay the course and and kind of remind myself what I believed in and the process and the work and then you know it seems a lot of like to a lot of people, like I came out of nowhere my junior year and I, and I was in the finals and, but to me it wasn't, you know, it was like, that's where I should have been all along. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so, you know, it's like I said though, it's college wrestling and you deal with adversity all the time. Um, so I had a, you know, a great, a great junior year and for kind of finally feel like I got close to my, my potential. Um, I lost to Ryan Bertine in the finals from Michigan and he was a two time national champ. He was really, really good. He um, he was actually, I think, maybe the toughest guy I wrestled in college, in my opinion. Okay. I just felt like um, physically he could go toe to toe with me, um, like my with my gas tank, and um, very, very technically sound too. Great leg attacks and just a just a great um, and and a, a really smart guy, right? He graduated from Michigan. He went on to got to get his, uh, I believe, his law degree from Northwestern as a volunteer assistant or something. So he just another guy that I just have a ton of respect for. And um, I lost a close like eight to eight to five match to him. Um, it was a scrap, but he, he ended up winning like a key scramble that that kind of put me behind and had to try to make some stuff happen. But uh, you know that that I don't think there's any better experience than wrestling on that stage in the finals. That is just oh, it's just top notch, unbelievable, so exciting, yeah. just the best. Um, but then my senior year, you know, I was ranked number one coming back. Um, he had graduated, and I. I, I talked about this in a, in a podcast I did a couple of weeks ago, but like you can't be afraid to put it on the line. I wrestled like the number two and three guys back to back the very first weekend of the season. And I lost to both of them in just really tight matches. One of them was overtime. And one of them was like, I lost like by one point to like, um, to just two really tough guys. And, um, you, you know, I was never worried about the ranking. You know, I was never worried about the ranking. I was always just worried about trying to get better and, and put myself in a position where I was prepared to, to, to get the results I wanted. And so, um, you know, I, I, as really similar to my sophomore year, I, I had a pretty bad, um, LCL sprain in the semifinals of the big 10 tournament, my senior year. 
Um, I got in a crazy scramble and my knee just popped bad. And, um, and so like I was wrestling, wrestling hurt. I wasn't able to finish that, that tournament, big 10 tournament, my senior year. I did like defaulted out to sixth from, uh, from the semifinals. And I was just kind of like, Oh, not this again, but like, you know, let's, let's get as ready as we can. And then, um, you know, I ended up uh, being, I think, the eighth or ninth seed again and came came out and beat the number one seed. So my junior and senior year, I beat the number one seed at the national tournament to make it to the to make it to the semifinals. And uh, this time I, I had a guy that uh, that ended up winning it and uh, Ben Charrington from from Boise State in the semifinals. And I just I lost to just a, a brawl of a match to him in the semifinals and uh, ended up ended up uh, placing sixth. So. It was a, it was a tough way to go out, but like um, man, I, I gave it everything I had every time I was out there. I'll tell you that it was it was fun, and I and I would do it all again, yeah. exactly the same way. Yeah, I, I tried like heck to find your uh, finals match uh, with uh, Bertine, and I couldn't find it anywhere. Is it online somewhere? Well, it, if you do find it, you let me know because I want to watch it. Again. Okay, I haven't I haven't found it either. Um, but then that's not the end of the world. But it's uh, but it was a fun match. It was a scrap. Yeah, I, I typed in 2005 NCAA Finals, and I think everything under the sun came up except the, ma- <laughs> the year I wanted to see. Weird. Yeah, it was no, really weird. Um, so I wanted to ask you, uh, first of all, what's it like to wrestle at Carver-Hawkeye Arena? Well, I think, you know, uh, universally probably the best wrestling venue in, in the world, you know. Yeah. Um, the fans are, are just so bloodthirsty and just so so into it, right? And you can just feel like when there's action, they know when action's about to happen, right? When something's about to happen, they just the place just starts. It goes from a dull roar to like a to just like pandemonium. And um, they're they're super uh, educated fans, you know, wrestling super cultural there. And um, so there is there is something to it. And I've wrestled on both sides of that now. Like I've coached against them. And uh, it's still just a magical place to to go and, and watch wrestling and be be in, a, in an arena there. It's um, something about that place is is just special. And uh, I've wrestled tournaments there. I've wrestled dual meets there. You know, it's just always it's just always high, high, high energy. Do you, so, do you remember the very first time you wrestled there? Like, did do you remember if you uh, ran out of gas quicker? Like, I've watched guys wrestle. And you can tell they've yeah, gotten not, so fired not me, up. Not me, I'll tell you that. Like, um, <laughs> I think I'm I'm a guy that like I knew that I needed to warm up harder. And so like uh, once I got there, I wasn't I wasn't running out of gas. And um, I think there's this thing you tell yourself where like is this real or is this nerves, right? And so um, I remember you know my first match. Uh, I wrestled a guy named Jeremiah Jarvis from UC Davis, and it was a it was another another brawl. Like I think he was a senior and I was a freshman, and it was um, like kind of mid January, you know. And like I said, I hadn't earned the starting spot like right away my freshman year, but I I got an opportunity to get in there, and um, yeah, no, I, I I loved it. I soaked it up. I like it like fed me, and I don't I could be wrong. I I, I don't think I lost more than like once and it might have been the very last one against the kid that beat me my senior year at Charrington okay. uh, I had a crazy match with him um, both of our senior years and he beat me like 21 to 19 or something crazy wow. like that but it was just <laughs> high scoring but like yeah I didn't lose very much in Carver because I fed off and I, and I soaked that up and like I wasn't trying to like um, I wasn't trying to prove anything to anybody or like I wasn't doing it for the fans but I also really really enjoyed it yeah. I really enjoyed it Right. Yeah. 
Well, I so, can't. I can't imagine how that felt when you pinned Becker at Carver Hawkeye. You know, I saw Randy, yeah. Randy Lewis stood up, and and uh, yeah, it was great. Um, what, tell me about a little bit about the brands. Were they both there when you were there? So when I uh, was coming out, uh, Terry had just uh, Terry had just come on staff with Nebraska, and Tom was Tom was the head assistant at Iowa. So um, you know, those were actually two places that I looked because, like I said, I just felt. Um, I felt like those guys kind of just embodied the, the same kind of intensity and the same kind of work ethic uh, that I that I liked. So like that was really attractive to me. Um, those guys are both super high energy guys, super charismatic guys, and um, I think they're awesome for our sport. Yeah. Do you have any brand stories? Oh man, well, uh, there's there's probably a lot of, a lot of little stories, um, you know. And some of them I probably shouldn't tell uh, but because they're just like they're intense guys and every literally everything is intense. Um, so just everything was a competition. Everything was like, you're going to come at me. I'm going to come back to you harder, you know, and I will say this. Those guys always, always tried to lead by example. Yeah. You know, they always tried to lead by example. You could just tell, you know, there was like a transition from, okay, we're doing technique and it was getting ready to wrestle a lot. You could tell like, okay, this, this mentality is changing. You know, I'm going from coach now to back to competitor. And, um, and so, you know, it, it was, yeah, it was definitely intense always. And there was no, um, there was no middle ground, right? It was, it wasn't like, uh, I'm not going to say it was like a dictatorship kind of a thing, but it was just kind of like, this is how it is. This is, and this is like, um, there's not, there's not a lot of room for discussion on, on how I see this, you know, this is, uh, you, you need to adjust this, you know, or you need to, you know, and I think, you know, a big thing uh, that I remember, especially is one day uh, I was going with this, uh, this senior and this was early in my career. I was going with the senior who was phenomenal at hand fighting. And we were kind of doing these, these goes that were heavy, heavy with the hand fighting. And, uh, um, you know, Tom came up to me and like, he like pretty much like kicked me out of practice because I just wasn't, I wasn't meeting the standard. And I, and I went in the locker room and I thought I was really kicked out of practice and like, so one of the other upperclassmen had to come in and tell me, no, 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 you, you, this, this is like, how are you going to respond to this? You know, like, how are you going to respond? He's trying to motivate you. Um, and so there was just like always things like that, you know, always, uh, it was very, you know, very mentally, um, very mentally driven, right. You know, we were going to like, they were going to try to help find ways to help you make progress mentally and like overcome adversity and, and all of those kind of things. And so those, that's, I valued that a lot. Yeah, and, but it was always super intense. Like it was, it's not an. It, I'll say it's, it's not an act. Yeah, it's not. That's who they are, right? Yeah. That's who they are. Yeah. Uh, same question for Lincoln McElravey. Like, what what kind of person is he? So Lincoln's actually super. Uh, I would say that this is a kind of a weird word to use, but he's super cerebral, right? He's a very deep thinker, and um, he uh, again like valued valued being tough but i i really really enjoyed my time i only had one year with lincoln but he was the coach that would like put me through my my lifts and my workouts most mornings and um and he would just give me all these like little nuggets like i was like i shared that one with you earlier and um we would do a workout and he'd be like talking to me like the whole workout like telling me kind of um like the purpose of the workout or like what we're trying to get out of this or like what's here's the progress we're going to make here um you know um here's what you can't be thinking while we're doing this you know like stuff like that it was always just like there was it was always something a little unexpected from him uh workout wise 
and it was gonna, always going to be like challenging in like a really unexpected way. But then he was going to explain to you like why we're doing what we're doing, and um, and I just really, really, um, I got a lot out of it. Yeah, you know, who were some of your other who were some of your teammates when you were at Iowa? Okay, so the guys that I came in with, I came in with Steve Mako, who uh, ended up transferring to Oklahoma State. That's a little bit of a sore subject, just because I feel like we had a we had a super high chance to win it, you know, especially the year that um, that I made the finals and Mark Perry made the finals and Ty Eustace placed and, and Paul Bradley placed, um, and so we just had a ton of guys that were, um, you know, probably the knock is that we didn't have a ton of national individual champs while I was there. But we had a ton, a ton of like multi-time All-Americans, right? Guys that were really trying to, to do the work and get stuff done and wanted to be great. Um, and I named a lot of them already. Ty Eustace and, and um, Steve Mako and, and Mark Perry. He came in when I was a junior. So he was a freshman and I was a junior. And um, uh, Alex Sertzis was a, was a freshman my senior year. And he was a couple-time All-American too. Um, Trent Goodale. Um, who's, who's coached in college now for quite a while. Um, I already mentioned Paul Bradley. Ryan Folsis made the finals, um, I believe, against Damian Hahn um, from Minnesota. Um, he was, so he was, he was pretty stinking good, too. But um, we, had, we had a ton of guys that were, that were at that level and just you know, never quite got it done. Cliff Moore, I mentioned already. Um, he was national champ at 41. So we had a really, really good group of guys. Yeah. Did you know. did Perry make the finals his freshman year? He made the finals his freshman year, and then he uh, he made it. Uh, he made he got third. He went up to seventy four his sophomore year. Um, got third, and then he um, and then he won it his junior and senior year. Yeah, yeah. He he, he was supposed so. to be on my podcast once, and then he got COVID. But uh, I I always like watching Mark Perry interviews. He seems Gosh, like a really su- smart dude. super entertaining guy. Super. Um, He's a, again like a student of the sport, right? I mean, there that guy thinks wrestling like twenty four seven, and um, you know one of the most talented guys I've ever got to wrestle with. You know, in practice, and you know, amazing on top and amazing at finishing shots. Um, so yeah, like another guy that just like I got to be around that and get that feel all the time and uh, help me with my wrestling. So super blessed. I'm just I've always been super blessed to have great coaches and great workout partners. Yeah, you, you know, you mentioned it was kind of a sore spot with Mako, but did did you guys ever yeah. get to? Did you guys ever speak after that? You know, just just in passing. You know, um, he he wrestled internationally, and we were the same same age. So obviously, I saw him a bunch at a bunch of those events, and and I wasn't uh, unfriendly with him. Uh, you know, like I I kind of already mentioned that I'm not a fan of transferring. Be great where you are. He'd already been a national champ there, and I think he would have been a national champ again there. So. Um, be great where you are. And, uh, I think, so I think I disagreed, but I didn't also like hate him or hold it against him or something. You know, I just, I wish that we could have won, you know, we didn't win it. We didn't win it while I was there. Yeah. What did you guys uh, get second or? Yeah, we got second. We got, we got second, fourth, seventh. Uh, and I forget what else. Um, we, we, we were pretty good every year. Um, you know, we won the big 10 and placed second, I believe my sophomore year. Okay. So, uh, I wanted to ask you, your international weight was 66 kilograms, is that right? Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was tough, right? I mean, I, I felt like um, my, my frame, I wasn't a big a big frame for 157, um, but I also feel like the way that I did my weight, I always, uh, I was never, I was never small for the weight because uh, I did it where I could, um, I could come in and warm up how I wanted to warm up, 
which was usually like a practice match. And I would usually lose between my warm up, that practice match, and a 10 minute cool down. I would usually lose three or four pounds. So I, uh, I would come in, you know, three or four pounds of overweight that day and just, and just do what I was going to do for warm up and then dip it down, make it, and then shrink back up. And I would already have eaten and I could just, I could get pretty big on the day of a dual meet. I would be six, seven over when I hit the mat. Yeah. And I don't think there's a lot of other people that were six, seven over hitting the mat. Um, so I didn't, wasn't coming from way high when I was making 57, but I also never felt small. And, um, but I felt like, you know, 163 was the next weight class up when I was wrestling. So it was 163 and then 145 and a half. Those, that was the, that was the gap. And I felt like, you know, I wasn't big enough frame wise. Those guys were coming down from 180, you know, maybe even 185. And, uh, so I felt like I had to, I had to cut and it was, uh, it was tough a lot of the time, almost every, every way. And I weighed probably, uh, close to 170 in between every time I made weight. And, uh, so that was, that was challenging. And I kept, you know, kept refining that process. And I felt like I was finally getting pretty, pretty good at it. Uh, you know, when it was, when it was time to be done, but, um, yeah, it was challenging and I definitely, you know, changed my body a little bit, probably not as big as I used to be, but, um, a lot of guys get bigger after college dressing. I'm probably that so a little smaller than I was in college. Yeah, I was watching that match with Becker, and I'm like, how did the heck did this guy make 145 and a half pounds, you know, for international? I mean, I know it's a process to shrink your body down, but... Can you say that? What's that? Can you say that, can you say that one more time? Sorry. I just said that uh, I was watching your match with Becker, and I was thinking to myself, how did he ever get down to 145 and a half pounds? Because you looked pretty freaking big, um, and I obviously it was a process to get down yeah. there. Um what, what can you tell me about your international career? So, you know, I just, uh, I, I did a, a lot of the right things. I think, um, you know, a big thing for me was, you know, I, uh, I left, I left Iowa and I went to Missouri during that time. And okay. I spent four years after I went to Missouri, still training there. Um, and I just, I felt like I was, I was making progress, but I just never quite, uh, I never quite got to be the guy, right. I beat, beat some of the guys that, that did. And, um, you know, I was right there with them, but I was always like fourth or fifth, you know, and it was just so, such a deep weight class. You know, everybody, everybody in that weight class was national champ, you know, Schwab, Bill Zadek was still competing. Um, um, Bono, you know, uh, Freyer, you know, um, there was just a, a ton, a ton of guys at that weight class. And I just, um, I was always right there, but I was just never, never quite the guy. And so, um, I, but I loved wrestling and I wish I could have done it longer. Honestly, like it did, it didn't matter to me, um, that I wasn't quite where I wanted to be. I was still pretty stinking determined. Even when I, even when I decided to be done and, and start coaching full time, I, I still missed it. Right. So, um, I just love the sport and I love what it does for you. And, um, I got to travel, travel all over the world doing it. And it was just, it was just awesome. I yeah. just lived the dream for, for five, six years. Which which Olympic trials was it that you wrestled Kerry Cole at? Was that two thousand eight or two thousand twelve? Um, I don't think I wrestled Cole at the at the trials. I wrestled him at the U.S. Open a couple times. Okay. Um, and uh, at the at the Olympic trials uh, that last year in two thousand twelve, I had um, I had Jared Freyer first match, and he ended up winning it. So that was a tough first draw. Yeah. But uh, you know, like that guy, another guy that's just man, that's so dangerous, so good at, at what he does, and just. Um, you know, you got to beat those guys if you want to be the best. And he was just really, really nasty with his uh, with his locks and head pinches and gut wrenches. Gosh, just one of the best in the world. So, what do you remember about Kerry Colat? Because my my son's middle name, he's got two middle names, but one of them yeah. is, is Colat. And uh, 
So I, I, I like, I like, I always liked watching him wrestle. Um, what, yeah. what, what was it about him that you remember? So I just remember him being like terribly, terribly hard to score on, you know, like I, I was again, like an offensive guy. And if, if you could shut down my offense, I was going to have a tough time. Right. And I just remember him being so hard to get to his legs and so hard to uh, move him or do anything to him. And it, and it wasn't that he just felt like big and strong. It's just like his position was just really good. Everything he did was just like amazing timing. And like he just, uh, he's got such a low center of gravity and he's just able to get underneath you sometimes and get you out of position when you couldn't do much to him. Yeah. So I just, um, you know, I, he definitely uh, felt like one of like the most talented guys that I ever wrestled, like ever. Yeah. Like just, just an amazing feel and amazing technique and position. Okay. So I wanted to ask yeah. you, you know, all of, all college wrestling is tough. But yeah. what is it, in your opinion, that makes, um, you know, even like even like studs at Division Two aren't necessarily going to do well against Division One guys? What What do you think the difference is mainly between D One and D Two and and the other divisions? Well, I'm speaking generally, right? I mean, because there's some amazing guys at, at lower divisions. I think of a guy like um, Mark, Marcus Lebesser who probably could have uh, wrestled in D1 if he wanted to, right? And he won, right. I think he won four titles. So. so there's some guys like that for sure. I think generally, um, you know, it's guys that are willing to do everything right at Division One that are going to be the most successful. Um, you know, guys that are willing to lean their body out and be at the right weight class. Guys that are willing to, uh, you know, put in the put in the work in the weight room as well as the wrestling room. Guys that are willing to, uh, you know, put themselves against, you know, somebody like me who is like, you, you know, like who's who still wrestles all the time a lot, you know, and have have great workout partners that are going to really not just be tough, but like really try to push them and, and be willing to do those things. I think that's probably the biggest difference is, is guys um, in Division One are probably getting more consistently pushed like that yeah. by by other people, and they're um, they're having to do everything everything right and not just kind of be able to come in and um, and beat up on people right. There's a I think probably in lower divisions there's a a, a wider a wider talent disparity right where if you're really talented coming into a lower division maybe it's not that hard for you yeah um, to be successful. Um, and that, again, I'm speaking generally and I've coached at lower divisions and, um, I'm telling you, like they work really hard too. They, they do. And, um, I think it's just, you know, maybe a little bit more of a year round commitment, you know, in division one and, um, what you're, what you're signing up for is to try to be the very, very best. And that sometimes looks a little bit different to try to be the very best yeah. versus to try to just be really good at something. Right. Who's the, who's the best doctor in the world? Well, we don't know because there isn't like a comp, like, you know what I mean? It's not a really a competition. It's, yeah. you're trying to be excellent, right? There's a di- little bit of a different drive when you're actually trying to be the best yeah, and not just excellent. Yeah. I, so. got, I got what you're saying. What's, uh, what's the hardest part for you about coaching? Oh man. Uh, I, I love it. So it's, I mean, there's things that are hard about, I think probably for me, um, it's it's competing competing loves right it's like i have a family i have four four children all under the age of eight and so um i think time away from them that's probably the hardest thing uh because it is not a nine to five job right it's 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 crazy it's gone a lot of weekends i'm uh you know up up before anybody else is up you know i i miss out on some things and i think that's really hard for me 
just because I love my I love my kids so much, I love my family so much, and so it's not like something that's a negative thing. It's just something that where I have to make I have to make choices, and I think um, I do a really good job of being intentional uh, when I do have time with them to make it great time. You know, I, I'm trying to really work on staying off my phone. I don't watch a lot of TV. You know, I'm really when I'm near, I'm near. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, my son's three now, and, you know, you hear all those cliches when you don't have a child, but then you get one, and they all, you're like, oh, it just, I yeah. I, I, I can't imagine loving it. I love him so much, dude, it, it makes me anxious sometimes, and yeah. um, I noticed that you have, what, two daughters? So I have two and two, yeah, I have a, I have a girl, a boy, a girl, and a boy. Okay. So... It's pretty. It's pretty crazy around our house for sure. You know, there's just it's always a ton of energy. And right now, it's a lot of you know physical physical needs stuff. Like I gotta make people food. I gotta you know get people in, in bed. You know, like all that kind of stuff. And so there's just a lot of a lot of uh, help that's needed. And uh, my wife's a saint. She was a Division One soccer player at Iowa. Nice. And that's where I met her. So she she totally is super super supportive of me and gets it. But that doesn't make it easier all the time. Yeah. Um, so I, I try to be as much of a help when I'm here as I can. And um, but you know that'll change as they get older and they take care of more care of themselves. I think that's where the real uh, challenge of being present and being a, a great father will be will be felt. You know, as we get in more into like the ten ten to you know teenage range. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. I I think I think we might try for a daughter. You know, I've heard great things. If it doesn't make me have a stroke, um. You should. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard great things. Um, do Do you think they'll uh, want to wrestle, or do they? Any of them wrestle? So my uh, my my son, my oldest son, Joshua. He um he came to our uh, we had a youth camp this summer, and he, he did it. Um, I'll get another of uh, my soapboxes here, but like youth sports is out of control, right? It's uh we're trying to make people be competitive too early, and and it has to really ultimately has to come from them, right? It's, it's not about me it's it's about it's about them and, and having fun opportunities and enjoying it and so um we're we're kind of and I, I think we're coming from a place of authority both being division one athletes where me and my wife both agree that like we're not in a rush to get in the craziness of it right we're not we're not going to do a bunch of traveling and a bunch of crazy stuff we're gonna let people you know let, let our little little people like learn skills and and have fun and enjoy something and if they want to try a different sport let's try a different sport but we're not in a hurry to get all competitive and get out of control with it. I think um, I think there's value in letting those things kind of happen on their own. And if there is a passion that develops, then, then we'll support it. But I don't think that that's going to be coming from us as a driver. Yeah. You know, I think that's going to be let them find their way and do your best at what you're doing and be great where you are again. But, uh, you know, I think, um, like I said, I think that's gotten a little out of control where people are in such a rush to – to get to the next big opportunity or where they see is going to be success that they, uh, they lose sight of just the experiences and the, and the value that, that doing it brings. Yeah. Yeah. I knew a lot of really good wrestlers when I was growing up and some of them didn't even make it to high school. They were so burnt right. out by the time they right. got, got up there. Cause their parents were so, you know, so psychos about it. I'm like, dude, just let them, you know, let them grow to love it and, and be good at it. You know, that, that's the one thing I wish that I, if I could do it over again, I would just, focus on how good I could have gotten instead of like always worrying about winning, you know? Um, right. Because I think I, I shorted myself to see how good I could have gotten rather than just trying to win all the time, you know? Like I developed this bad habit of stalling just because I just wanted to win so bad. You know, I'd get ahead of somebody and then I'd stall it out. And so if, if my boy wrestles, I'm just going to 
kind of get out of the way and get some good coaches and, you know, let him, you know, let him learn to love it. Right. That's, I think that's something that I'm aware of myself is it's going to be hard for me to separate, you know, coach and dad, I think a little bit. So I think um, for me trying to find some, some good coaching for my kids, if it is wrestling, you know, that they love, um, I don't, I think I'm that take a step back yeah. and I think that's some good awareness to have. So I think you're, I think you're on the right track. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you who, it could be in a match or just practice, but who's who's the toughest guy you've ever wrestled? If you had to point to one guy, oh man, uh, it might be it might be Cole just because he like again like just felt like he couldn't get anything going against the guy. Um, just super super amazing in positions. But there's been some guys like that have come out of college in the in the past few years that I'm like, oh man, I wish I could I wish I could tangle with that guy a couple times. You know, guys that just wrestle really hard like. Um, I probably wouldn't anymore, but like Isaiah Martinez, when he was at 57, I would have been like, oh, if I could have wrestled, but that guy just would have been fun, you know, to feel that, feel that pace and that, uh, that level of physicality that he has. Um, I don't know, some other, some other guys, I always think about like, you know, how would I do right now against those guys in my weight class? You know, could I, could I figure out, you know, how to, how to beat Yanni in some positions? Could I figure out how to, you know, match uh, Rutherford or, or Oliver, you know, those, those are the kind of guys I always wonder, like, where would I be with those guys right now? Because I still do wrestle a lot of days, and um, still do I still do pretty good. But I don't yeah. know if I'm there anymore. But uh, it's fun to think about. Yeah, is uh, is it different as far as the the physical standpoint? Like like do you uh, do you still have a really good gas tank and all that? Uh, I think that I think my my team would probably say so, but I I, I know that it's not probably where it used to be. Um, I I do some uh, some training uh, on the side now. I do some Ironmans and stuff like that. So um, I think it's probably still still there, but like I don't do a lot of sprints and stuff anymore. A lot of um, a lot of real heavy lifts. I'm not squatting a bunch or anything like that. But I'm in there. I'm in there doing body weight stuff with the guys a lot, and um, I'm still in pretty good shape. So yeah, the best benefit, you know, in my 20s and 30s, I let myself get in pretty bad shape, and now I'm in my mid 40s, and I'm probably in better shape than I was in my in my mid 20s. And the best benefit of it is, I took my board to the pumpkin patch the other day, and they had this bounce house. And we were nice. ju- we were jumping all over the place, and I wasn't getting tired at all. You know, I'm like, this is great. You know, I'm like a little kid again. Um, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed the heck out of talking to you, dude. Um, you know, like I said, I've known who you were for a long time, just because I was such a nerd about like looking in the paper and seeing who was doing well. And I thought it was great that East had a stud. You know that that yeah. uh, and good for you for for not you know leaving. And you know, a lot of talented kids, like you said, would have gone somewhere else and. So I think that's a testament to your character, and uh, I've just enjoyed the heck out of talking to you. Is there anything you'd like to say before I let you get out of here? No, just uh, give give the, the Air Force Falcons a look this year. You know, I think we're going to surprise some people. You know, we had eight guys in the rankings at some point last year, and I think uh, we only graduated one or two of those guys. So um, I think we're going to have a great year, and uh, excited about what we're doing. Yeah, I, I I will definitely follow you because I was uh, I've always followed Cody Fippen's career since he was a little kid. Heck yeah. And uh, I was really disappointed that he didn't get a, a bid into the tournament last year. I thought he should have. I thought he should have too, but you know that's you can't control that. Oh, you got to win matches, so that's yeah. he's got to he's got to figure it out. And, he will. And uh, how did you know who I was? Like you said, you knew who I was. Like I was just curious. Like how the heck does Joe Johnson know who I am? Well, I mean, I'm a, I'm a wrestling nerd too, Tim. You you uh, you know you do a good job and you represent our sport great and. Uh, so like you know, I, I follow pretty much anybody who's uh, involved with wrestling. I love wrestling, and uh, you know, you, you represent our sport well, and so I follow you, man. Thanks, you know man. 
I love it. Um, yeah, if it wasn't for wrestling, I tell people all the time, I'm not sure where my life would be, but it probably wouldn't be very good. Uh, so Amen I, to that. Probably yeah. me too. Yeah, I owe a lot to it, and uh, giving back in this little way is uh, great for me, and it's it's surreal to me to be able to talk to some of the people I've been able to talk to and become friends with, and I also wanted to tell you that I'm going to be uh, at Looney's Comedy Club on December 3rd and 4th. Um, yeah, Looney's in Colorado Springs, so... Okay. Yeah, if you uh, if you want to come and bring those guys, bring some of those guys out. Um, I don't know if I want to know if they're in the audience because I get all nervous and weird about it. But <laughs> all right, we'll look for you. All right, buddy. God bless you. Thanks so much for taking the time, Joe. You got it. Have a great day. You too, Bye. buddy. Bye bye. All right, Joe Johnson. That was super cool, man. Uh, great dude. Um, great representative of the sport. Really looking forward to checking out the Air Force Academy's. Uh, season that they have and uh you know i i could i could talk to these guys like i could take up two or three hours of their time because i as i do these you know like i always have questions i'm going to ask but as i go along i'm like oh yeah i need to ask him about this and this and uh and he's a super busy guy so i appreciate him taking the time to do that and uh yeah as always make sure you go to makingithappen.com m-a-c-a-n ithappen.com help out little Bo making and his family and subscribe to the channel if you have not. And I believe that's it. God bless all of you. Thanks so much for tuning in and take care. Bye. Do us both a favor and click on that subscribe button.